Praise God. Wow, a praying church right here. Amen? The church that travails and prevails. Amen? All right. Praise God. Okay, like just like last time, uh, I don't have much time, but I got like 12-page notes I got to go over. So I'm going to cut out all the small talks, okay? Get straight to the message, all right? But I just want to say that God is raising up forerunners in this church, amen? My stage. God is raising up John the Baptist in this church, amen? That is why God brings me here to give you this end time message. I believe that God has a, a mighty plan. I mean, man, God is awesome in this place. You guys are an awesome church, man. I love you guys with all my heart. I really do. My heart, my heart burns for you. Really, I really, it, it really does. I love you guys. I love you guys. You guys are, like, awesome, man. Man. Every time I come here, I get blessed. I get blasted by the Holy Spirit. It's like me coming to, the, to this church. It's like God's little, little gift for me. It's like, here's, here go a little gift for you. Go to JCM and preach this month. It's a gift. Tokens of gift for me. You know? So I don't come here to preach. I just come here to just, just have fun. Amen? Wow. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we want to understand your word, Lord Jesus. And we know that we cannot understand your word with, with our natural intellect. But we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We ask that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will begin to envelop us and begin to burn in our minds and our hearts, Father God. We ask you. We ask you in Jesus' name so we may hear what the Spirit is saying to this church in this hour, Father. In your name we pray, amen. amen. All right. Praise God. Tonight, I'm going to talk about understanding the prophetic signs of the time concerning the coming of Jesus. Woo! That's right. Okay. Um, there are so many scriptures like that that clearly shows us the prophetic signs of his coming, okay? There's so many, but, but because I only have like maybe like 45 minutes, okay? I can't share everything, all right? So I'm going to discover the main, main ones that I feel that is important for, for, us, for us to look at tonight, okay? All right? So tonight, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to go over the main, main events that, that I, I feel that is, is important to look at, to understand the time we're living in, because I believe with all of my heart, that we are living in the generation of the Lord's return. Do you believe this? I am fully convinced that, as I, I said this, this, this to many, many times, I say 30 to 50 years from now, he's coming back. I will go to the grave with this. 30 to 50 years from now, he's coming back. Make sure you get that on the podcast. 30, 50 years from now, he's coming back. I, I believe with all of my heart. I am fully convinced. Okay? But it could be sooner than 50 years. 
It could be sooner than 30 years. Because the Bible says that no one knows the day and the hour. But you've got to understand that God, that He has commanded us to understand the time, the season that we're living in. Amen? He has commanded us to know the season and the signs and the events that is happening right now and, and, and it is to come. Amen? So, as a matter of fact, in Luke 12, Jesus rebukes his people 2,000 years ago. Luke 12, he rebukes his people for not understanding the, understanding the prophetic signs of his first coming. He rebukes them. Look what he says. Luke 12, verse 54, 56. Okay, you guys want to turn there? If you, if you don't want to, it's okay. I'm just going to read it, okay? Because we don't have much time, all right? I got 12-page notes right now. Uh, Luke 12, chapter, uh, uh, Luke 12, verse 54, 56. Jesus says, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, sun is coming. And so it is. And whenever you see a south wind blow, you blow, you say, there will be hot weather. And there it is. You hypocrites. You can't discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you cannot discern this time? Okay? You know, Jesus is saying, he's rebuking them. He's saying, you, you know, you say that you know me. You say you know the scriptures. You say you love me. But I give you all the signs in the Old Testament scriptures of my coming. But you didn't even bother to know them. That's what he's saying. And there are many more signs in the scripture of a second coming than his first coming. Do you know this? There's, there's at least, there's over 120 chapters that speaks of the end times. Am I correct, Stephen? Over 100. Okay, over 100. By the way, I just want to say, hey, Stephen and Suzanne, they just got engaged last week. All right? Stevens from IHOP, and uh, he's a he's a, he's a full time missionary in IHOP. He's here to visit. Now he's he's going back in in two weeks. But uh, yeah, maybe we can pray for them later. You know. All right. Okay. Cool. So. All right. Which what we what, what I'm trying to say is that it, it is it is crucial that we go deep in the Word through the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, and with that same Spirit we begin to look with our eyes of the trend that is happening in the world right now and the events that is to come. Okay? Eyes open. Beloved, we're in a war for eyes right now. Eyes open. Amen? Wide open. Eyes open. Open! Okay? Alright. Ready? Okay, so... Okay. Right now, through the events and the years to come, we are in the living in the, in the generation of the Lord's Lord's return because the deepest and the highest desire of his heart. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the deepest and the highest desire of God's heart right now in this hour? What do you think it is? The deepest and the highest desire. What do you think it is? Let me ask you. In this hour. I just told you that we are living in the generation of the Lord's return. So what do you think is the highest and the deepest desire in this whole right now? Right now. 
But actually, it's from like way, way past, a long time ago. But like right now, his heart's burning for this. What do you think it is? What do you think it is, Michael? What do you think it is? I mean, John? Michael. What do you think it is, John? <laughs> Sorry. What do you think it is, John? That's right. The highest and the deepest desire in God's heart is that he comes back and remove all the wickedness of the earth and set up his righteousness and his establish his justice and to marry his bride and to rule and reign with her forever and ever on this earth. Beloved, we're not going, we're not going anywhere. We're staying, we're staying right here on this earth. You know that? You know this? Right here. We're going to live here forever. With Jesus, okay? Alright, so. Okay, that's deepest desire. Revelation 22. You heard me say this many times. Every time I come here, I say this. Revelation 22. The Spirit and the bride say, come Lord Jesus. And that is, that is, the, most, that is the most important topic on his mind right now. Which is, to, which is to, he wants to see his church in her bridal identity. Okay? Look. Being the bride of Christ and the sons of God is, is not about a gender. Because women are the sons of God, just, just like the men are the bride of Christ. Okay? But in this hour, God is calling us to look like a bride, but march as an army. Amen? Amen? That's the key right there, okay? Alright? Alright, so, because he's Come, Lord Jesus. That's when it's coming. When the, when, the, when, the, when the Spirit of the bride cries out, Come, Lord Jesus. That's when it's coming. And that's what's on his mind right now. Amen? Alright. So, but before this cry goes out, there has to be a certain signs that must take place. Which, is, which we must recognize. Because Christ can come back. He will come back until this Events, these signs come to pass through the preparation of the praying church. Praying church right here. Woo! Praying church. My goodness. You know, I told Pastor Christian, I said, you know what? I said, hey, what's up, brother? The luckiest pastor in, in, in Seoul? He goes, what you mean? You know what I mean, man. Don't try to act on, act on modest. Luckiest pastor in Seoul. He was like, yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? I am jealous. I am jealous. But it's good jealousy. Amen? So, alright? Because as we pray and prophesy in the end times, as we pray and prophesy, it's going to release the, the glorious glory of God and it's going to release the most severe judgments of God in the end times. And these two events is going is to greatly affect how the nation is going to respond to God, okay? Because when this glorious glory comes and the severe judgment comes, part of the nation are going to be ever more hostile towards God, but the other part is going to be ever more lovesick for Jesus, okay? You're going to see a great falling away. Falling away means that they were in faith first, but they fell, they're falling, they fell away. But, but then again, you're going to see the greatest revival break out in the land. Ever. With signs and wonders. Stadiums filled with, with young people. Coming to Christ. Beloved, we're about to approach. 
this kind of day, you can be born in any generation. Right? I asked like last month, but God chose you to be, to be born in this generation. Why? Because he wants to raise you up as a forerunner that's going to go one short step ahead of the Lord to make highway for his coming. Amen? So, and these highest level of wholeheartedness and the highest level of rebellion will determine the final judgments of God in the end time. Because when it comes, He's coming back to destroy the rebellion and vindicate the redeemed. Which means His final judgment will not come to pass until the, the evil has reached the highest peak and the righteousness has reached the highest peak. That's when His judgment comes. That is the perfect timing for His judgment too right there. Amen? He's never late. He's never early. He's right on time. Amen? Which means, the ultimate signs of the season, the ultimate signs of the season is the response of the church. Alright? That's why in 2 Peter chapter 3, 12, of, uh, chapter 3 verse 12, okay? You, you want to turn there go if you don't, I, let me just, I'm going to stay here for a minute, alright? He says that we can hasten the day of the Lord's coming. What does that mean? That means we can, we can, we can speed it up, we can slow it down. Have you heard this before? It's something new to you, huh? We can speed it up. We can slow it down. Because like I showed, the ultimate signs of, 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 of His coming is the response of the praying church. That's the ultimate signs. It's how the church is moving. What the church are saying. Are they praying what the Holy Spirit is praying? Are they saying what the Holy Spirit is saying? Are they doing what the Holy Spirit is doing? Or are they in their own little, own little agenda trying to increase their 500-member church to a 600-member church? Trying to increase their own little territory of their own, own little ministry when God is doing something beyond your little ministry right now. And God is saying, get with the program. Get with the program. Beloved, right now, we got to pray for Korea. There is commotion, deception, lies. This country is divided right now. Half of it is becoming communist right now. Divided. There's a man called President, former President Kim wearing a mask right now. I want to know who this man is that's wearing a mask. He was president four or five years ago. And after President North commits suicide, he rises up again. He's saying all these things about President Lee and trying to make a division in this nation. Who is this man? I want to know. Because he's wearing a mask. And we got to pray that God would expose this man. Amen? Beloved, look at the news. Watch the news. Beloved, let's check this out. We have the privilege to, to watch what's happening in the world. And take that to the throne. Ask God, what's going on? Beloved, He will give you a revelation. He'll give you eyes to see from heaven's perspective. Amen? Amen? If you are a forerunner, if you are a praying church, you must look at the news. You must care about what's happening in this nation. You must care about what's happening all, all over the world. You must care. You have to. Because you're an intercessor. Amen? Alright, 
Praise God. Okay, so I'm going to offload a tangent right there, okay? Okay? So God is raising up, like I said, you know, in, in, in the mercy of God, he's raising up prophets right now. And they're called forerunners. And they're, they're actually a gift to the church. God is saying, these are your gifts to the church. You sleeping door churches. Here's all my gifts. The lamp that burns. Isaiah 62. The burning lamp. And the churches tell God, we don't want your gifts. We like where we are right now. We don't want it. We like this. We like our luxury. We like the way offerings come in every month. And we like to, we like our little retreats and our little meeting here and meeting there and meeting there. But they have no clue what's happening from heaven's perspective. God sends prophets, forerunners, as a gift to the church, beloved. And they don't want them. Because they sure didn't want me. But you took me. Amen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm telling you right now, beloved. I'm telling you right now. You took me in. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So, God is raising up forerunners as a gift to the church who will see the signs, understand the, the season. They will see the signs and that they would embody it, okay? You gotta embody, they would embody the prophetic events right now as, it, as if it's happening right now. They would embody this and feel the urgency of the hour to warn and to awaken the churches. Amen? And that's the mercy of God right there. Because I'm to be loved, there, there's, a, there's a hurricane on the horizon right now and it's coming full speed at us. And most of the churches, they're fast asleep. They don't know what's going on. And these gifts are coming into the church and saying, Repent! Study the end times, man. The end times. Study it, you know? But nobody wants to study end times. Beloved, I'm telling you, the end time message is like, it's like, it's like maybe like the top, the last top eight or nine. Right, Stephen? Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So, that was my introduction. Okay, and now let's go to the message, all right? Okay. All right. Okay, let's go to Matthew 24, 32. Now, I wish I could, I wish, again, I wish I could go over every scripture in the Bible that's a speech of the signs and the time, but I just picked the main points that I feel that is important, you know, that I, that I personally, that I feel that is, that is important, okay? So, Matthew 24, 32, 32, okay? Jesus says, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree, when its branches has already become tender and, become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So even so, when you see all these things, know that it is near right at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things have come to pass. Now, when Jesus says, this generation will not pass away, 
he wasn't talking about his generation 2,000 years ago because that generation was the generation of his first coming. And the Matthew 24, the whole chapter is about the end times. In that context, when he said this generation when I pass away, he's talking about the last generation. This generation. Our generation when I pass away until all the things have, things have, have come to pass. Okay? And we're going to look at some of these things that Jesus is talking about. But first, how many years is, 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 is a generation? Okay? Like, I can't spend too much time on this, but like, it, like if you study the, the generation of the Bible, in, in, the, in the Bible, they're either, they're from, they're either from, they're either from like 40 years to, you know, for my personal studies, I would say from 40 years to maybe like 90 or 80. Or you know what? You know what? Better yet. From 40 years to about 100 years, is, 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 that's, that's, that's a safe place. From, whole, from 40 years to 100 years is a biblical generation. Okay? Now, if Christ said that this generation, when he said this generation will not pass away, our generation, if he was referring it to the 100 years mark, we are already in 60 years already. And I'm going to show you why. If Christ said that just this generation will not pass away, if he meant 100 years, then we were already in 60 years. 60 years have already passed by. Okay? And I'm going to show you why. Okay? This is called revelation of the Holy Spirit. You can open your eyes. You can open your eyes. Okay? All right. Okay. By the scriptures, Israel, you know that Israel is God's chosen people, right? How many of you guys, how many of you guys pray for Israel? Okay. We gotta start praying for Israel, man. All right, I'm, and I'm, 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 and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how to pray for Israel, okay? I don't know if I have time for that, but just you'll probably catch it while I'm preaching. So, by the scriptures, Israel has always been a primary God's calendar concerning His return. Okay. So everything that happens in the end time, that the, all, all the end time events in the scripture, is based on the context. Of the events that relates to Israel. Because for 2,000 years, Israel has not been a nation. Because they were so beat up, so torn apart, so weak, so little, nobody would ever thought they could ever become a nation again. But the prophets have said, okay, let me give you some scriptures. Daniel 9, 25, 27, several other scriptures speaks of Israel becoming a nation before the second coming of Jesus. And according to Zechariah chapter 12, 1, 3, chapter 4, 1, 3, that Israel would be the center focus in the end time because the nation would gather. The whole nation would gather at Jerusalem. They would gather against Israel for battle. This weak little nation, the whole nation, every nation is going to gather to battle against Israel. They're going to be the center, of, center stage of everything in the end times. Okay? And according to the scriptures, okay? And, and 60 years ago, 1948, guess what? Israel became a nation. And I believe that that is the very first sign of the end time generation. I believe that with all of my heart. I don't care what, what Mike Bickle says, I don't care what whoever says. I, I believe with all of my heart, well, I believe with all of my heart, that that Israel becoming a nation, 
1948, that is the significance of the starting block of this end time generation. And, and, if, and, if, and if I am true, if what I say is right, okay, we are already in 60 years. And to study the biblical generation in the Bible, they're from 40 years to 100 years. Okay? And if Jesus said, this generation meaning 100 years, guess what? We have about 40 years left. Okay? We've got 40 years left. I, t- I, I would agree with this. We will not pass 40 years before the, before the coming of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Okay? Make sure you get that on the podcast, man, all right? Okay, so... According to scripture, none of the end time events will come to pass until Israel becomes a nation. Okay? According to scripture, none of the end time events is going to come to pass until Israel becomes a nation. And guess what? They become a nation in 1948. Okay? I'm just giving you a bunch of information right now. Right? Just, 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 just stay with me, alright? Okay? But when Israel became a nation, the majority of the people in the church did not even know what the what's going on because <laughs> they didn't care Israel became the nation they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't match that with the scriptures and go wow they didn't care oh so why okay see, they see what's happening in the world but they can't they don't have the revelation they don't have the revelation knowledge of, of, of the, the scriptures so what, what they see in, in news in news in the world, it just it's, it's just to them it's, it's just it's it's not it doesn't relate to what God wants to do. It doesn't relate to God's plan. It just, it just, it just you see it as like something something things happening in the world. That's, that's that's how they look at it. But we as a believer, we who are watchful in our prayers, we have the privilege, right? When you see CNN, when you see these things, right? You take that to the throne of God and you ask God, what is going on? And he'll, he'll speak to you, right? Beloved, is, is our God a stoic? Is he, some, is he far, far distance? Like, Lord, where are you? Is he far distance? Beloved, he's right here. He's right here. He lives in us. Amen? But yet, he's at the throne. Amen? Okay, so... All right, and let me give you some more signs of what's happening in the world right now. Okay, ready? Are you ready for this? Matthew twenty-four, verse fourteen. Jesus said, "The gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come." Beloved, this is check this out. Did you know that the missions? Global mission organization, they, pro- they, they project, they project, if, if I'm wrong, if I, I don't know, they project by 2030, I think. I read this maybe like about almost like a year ago. By 2030, that gospel will be heard in every nation, in every language, in every tribe. By 2030, This is massive. And by 2040, the Bible will be translated into every language. Right now, 98% of the world has a Bible translation. 98%. Beloved, 
2030, man. What's happening? Jesus said, the end will not come until the gospel is preached to the ends of the ends of the world. Okay? Alright? Take it out. I'll give you another thing. Matthew 23. Okay? Okay? Right now, gospel is, is by 2030, is going to reach the end of the world. Go to Matthew 23, 39. Jesus says to Israel, He says to Israel, Okay, you shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What does that mean? Jesus takes, Jesus relates, takes, He relates His coming to Israel turning back, turning, turning to Him again. He relates his coming to Israel, turning to, turning to Jesus, right? He relates, he relates, he relates that. And right now, as I speak, in Israel, there are 120 congregations of Messianic Jewish people in Israel right now. With houses of prayers. 24-7. Ongoing. There are over 10,000 Jewish Christians in Israel right now. And the number has increased tremendously. 500% within 10 years. Tremendously, it just jumped, skyrocketed. You see this? Alright? Because in the end, Jesus is going to bring salvation to Israel. Amen? In the end, they're all going to be saved. Did you know this? All that are living, that have came out of the, 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 the trials and tribulation, they're all going to be saved. All. All. When the Bible says all, it means all. Okay? They're all going to be saved. Alright? And right now, we got to pray for Israel. You know how you can pray for Israel? Just like, just like what I just shared just a minute ago. That Messianic Jews will increase in Israel. And you know, another thing I heard, another thing I heard was this. Don't quote me on this. I could be wrong. But I read it in, 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 in a, some kind of an article that by 2030, almost every Jew will be back in the land. In, in the world, they'll be, they'll be back in the land. Almost everyone. Because, because right now, everyone's going back, back to the motherland. And they, 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 uh, uh, estimate that by 2030 they'll all be back in the land. That's, that, that's, I read that article from somewhere. I think I read it somewhere, yeah. I don't, I don't quite remember. Okay? But when, this, when, when it's about Israel, I'm like, I'm on it. I'm on it. I try, I try to read it. It's God's heart burns for Israel. Amen? They're, they're, they're the apple of God's eyes right there. God's first chosen people. Right? And through them, the gospel was preached. Right? And God's gonna redeem, God's gonna bring salvation, man. I'm telling you right now to that, to that land. And we gotta long for this. We gotta long to see the day when, when, the, when, when the Messianic Jewish people are gonna, are gonna, are gonna conquer the land of Israel. Okay? Because the Bible says that Israel become the, the that Jerusalem will become the praise of the earth. It wasn't some kind of a metaphor or like some kind of symbolic thing. But the Bible says that, that Jerusalem is going to be the praise of the earth. And beloved, Jerusalem will be the praise of the earth after the second coming. Okay? That's guaranteed. Jerusalem is going to be praise of the earth, of the earth right? 
Now, Revelation 22, 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. Okay, now, over here, this is a very massive, a profound revelation because it's just one verse, but it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. It doesn't say the Spirit and the Sons of God say, Come, Lord Jesus. It doesn't say the Spirit and the Family of God say, Come, Lord Jesus. It doesn't say the Spirit and the Army of God say, Come, Lord Jesus. It says, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Lord Jesus. This is, revel- this is a massive revelation because over here, John connects Jesus' return to the church with worldwide understanding of her bridal identity. Right now, it's happening in the earth right now. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you couldn't hear not even... Uh, a seconds of bridal, uh, bridal messages. You couldn't even hear people, people uh, talk about the bride of Christ and the bride of King. You, couldn't, you, you hardly even heard those messages 10, 15 years ago. Even our forefathers, like those men of faith, those great theologians, great revivalists, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards, uh, who else is there, man? George Whitfield, who else is there? Come on, seminarians. Okay, all right, man. <laughs> I love seminarians. I love seminarians. Especially if you go to Torch. Alright? Alright. Cool. So, they never even spoke about the bridal paradigm. Never. But right now, God is raising up the forerunner, and, and they're called the friend of the bridegroom. Here I am. I'm a friend of the bridegroom. So are you. I believe that God's going to mark people in this church and say, you are a forerunner. You are the friend of the bridegroom. I believe that. I believe that. Man, I'm telling you that. God is awesome in this place. I don't have to tell you, right? You guys don't know. Okay? So, God's raising up forerunners called a friend of the bridegroom and they are unfolding, unveiling. They were they are releasing the bridal paradigm messages all over the earth right now. It's happening. It's happening. And, I'm, I'm, and, 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 and I am one of them. I am, so, I am so devoted to this bridal paradigm message. The book of Song of Solomon is the, is the book of my life. God put that in my heart. Not just because he, 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 wanted, he wanted me to be uh, tender and like, uh, 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 like affectionate and like, uh, like, uh, uh, like, like a feminine. He put that book in my life. Why? Because he wanted to raise me up as a friend of the bridegroom. That's going to speak about the bridegroom king and what he's feeling, what he's thinking, what he's seeing, and what he's doing in this hour. Amen? The bridal paradigm is, 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 is I'm telling you, the, the song, book of Song of Solomon is going to be, that book is going gonna, is gonna to start manifesting all over the earth. This is a prophetic word. Because that book rep- is a represent- representation of the bridal paradigm. Not just, not just Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon takes, takes every scripture from the Bible, they bring it all together, and speak about the bridegroom king and the bride of Christ. You guys should study it one, you know, if you have time. Okay? So, okay, because in the kingdom of God, guess what? Kingdom of God, there's three kinds of love. Okay? I must, I must spend five minutes on this. There's three kinds of love. Okay? I must spend very, I'm going to go very quickly. Because it's, 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 it's a whole other message, but I'm going to go very quickly. Okay, there's three kinds of love. There's a love of the servanthood, 
the love of the son of the sonship and the love of the bride. Okay? We come we come into the kingdom as a servant, we and we we are grateful to be in the kingdom of God. We are grateful. Okay? To be a citizen of the kingdom. But God says, You're not just a citizen, you're a son who's gonna inherit all my inheritance to walk in power and authority even as an army of God. Okay? But then again, God's, then God says, no, you're not just a son, you're a bride. You're a bride. The most intimate relationship between, in, in, even, in, even in a human form, is it, between, is it between son and the father? Or is it between husband and wife? The most intimate, health, if, if, if the family is in healthy shape, the most intimate relationship, in, even, even a natural, is between husband and wife. Amen? God wants to bring us into the most intimate place of His heart. Alright? Okay? Look. Because being grateful as a servant is good because, because those who are more, or, or more grateful loves more. Okay? But from there you become a son receiving his inheritance, walking the power of authority. But God, God says, don't stop there. Keep pursuing me. And I want you to come into your identity as a bride in love sick for Jesus. It's, okay, it's like this. You know, it's like God is, is uh, he, he, has a, he's, he's, he has a jealous love, right? Jealous love. But at the same time, it's, it's very tender. It's a very strange dynamic. Jealous, tender, burning affections. Jealous, He's just jealous, burning with desire over you. He's like, I love you. I love you. Right? This jealous love. If he sees you rolling your eye at some other, 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 other thing, he'll be jealous. He'll be like, ooh. Okay? Let's say I'm, let's say I'm looking, let's say I'm looking, looking at Roy. Roy, I love you. And then Roy is looking at this. He, he rolls his eyes to the, to the right just for one second. Go. Roy, I love you. Jealous God. Burning affections. But yet, he's tender. He's tender. Why? You know why he's tender? He will not violate your free will. He wants voluntary love. That's why he's tender. So being a bride of, bride of Christ is, is, to, is to feel the, the jealous, tender love of God and to feel it right back to Him. Amen? Give it right back to Him. Be jealous towards God too. Alright? Give it right back to Him. Okay? And when this happens, I guarantee you, man, your prayer life will change. When it comes to the bridal paradigm, you, you will pray different. Because your prayer is not going to be just about establishing your ministry. To walk in power, signs, and wonders. Which is good. I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Power, signs, and wonders. I love it. You're going to see a lot of it in the, in, the, in the age to come. I love it. But when you become, when you come into the broader paradigm, your prayer is going to be primarily focused on, your prayer is going to be filled with, filled with, full of jealousy, trying to get people to love God. Your prayer is going to be about trying to get people to love God. It's not about your ministry establishing this and this and that. Of course, we need all that. But when you come to the brighter paradigm, it's going to be your focus. Your focus is this. I want people to love you, Jesus. Amen. 
Song of Solomon, chapter one. Oh my God, I just, I just blanked out. Hold on, Song of Solomon, chapter one. Draw me near to you. Oh, oh my goodness. You know what? I'll do it later, okay? I, I just blanked out. Okay, okay, sorry. Okay, anyways. Anyways, okay. So, alright? And until, another thing, another thing, another thing, until you come into a brighter paradigm, you will not be gripped with end time message. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest here. Until you come into the brighter paradigm, the end time message is not gonna fascinate you. I am gripped with end time message. You know why? Because I've entered into the bridal paradigm six years ago. He, the, the Lord draw, he, he drew me near through the, through the book of Song of Solomon, but I can't even remember the scriptures right now, but he drew me near. And when he locked me in the Song of Solomon, he took me to the book of Revelation. And I was consumed in it. Until you come into the bridal paradigm, you will not be gripped with the book of Revelation, end time message. Because just as the husband and wife are one, you will not be one with God's heart to feel his burning desire. What's in his mind right now? Until you become his bride and feel the, the heart of God. What is he burning for? What is he yearning for? What is he longing for right now in this hour? What is it? Is it about, is it, is it about new feeling? Of course it is. Is it about jubilee? Of course it is. Is it about onion? Of course it is. But what is you, what is, what's the most deepest, the highest desire? What is he longing for right now? And when he tells you, because you're his bride, that's gonna grip you. It's gonna grip you. You're gonna become one with his desire. One with his desire. What you want, I want. Because I love you. I am your bride. I am one with you. Amen? Amen? Bridal paradigm is powerful, man. Once you get in, you're locked in, you'll never go back. It's powerful. And you guys are gonna enter in. Beloved, you gotta enter into the bridal paradigm. You have to. Right now, you, you guys are going strong. You're, 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 you're an army of God. Praise God. But now you gotta look like a bride. But still march as an army. When that two come, when that two combination comes together, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You're gonna be powerful right now. I'm telling you. Come into the brighter paradigm, okay? Okay. So you know, when I as I come to your church, I'm gonna bring all these brighter paradigm messages and Song of Solomon and end times and 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 and, and you guys are gonna just be raised up as an army. You know, Pastor Christian. You know, he God has been using this man to really raise up this church. You know, this man became a pastor. What? When you were a pastor? Uh, Nine months ago? One year ago. You know? This little <laughs> bald guy right here, you know what I'm saying? You know? I'm telling you, man, this man, he don't, he don't play around. He don't play around. That's a warrior right here. That's a warrior right here. But, but, I, but I prophesy to you right now, God wants you to come into the bridal paradigm. You'll be fuller. Amen? All right. So... Okay? Alright. I'm going to move fast. I'm going to move fast. I'm going to move fast. Okay? Now, 
The reason why we, we got to look like a bride and march as an army is because he is coming back in the context of a global prayer movement in our bridal identity. And I'll show you in the scripture. Turn to this one. I'll show you. Turn to this one. Isaiah 62, verse 47. This is why we got to come into the bride identity. Okay? Isaiah 62, verse 4, chapter 7. Beloved, our prayer, you know, you, you know your prayer that you pray on Fridays and, and, and whenever you pray, it has flowed out from the place of intimacy. Okay? It has, play, it has to flow out from the place of intimacy. Alright? Isaiah 62, verse, seven, verse 47, it says, You shall no longer be forsaken, nor your land shall be no longer be called desolate. But you, but you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be merry. And I'm going to skip one verse. As a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. This is, a, this is the romance of the gospel right here. Okay? And then after he, he established, the, established the intimacy, guess what he does? Verse, verse 6 and 7. God promised that he would raise up watchmen that would, that would cry out night and day, 24-7, in their identity as a bride. Lovesick worshiper that's going to cry out night and day. Okay, look at this. Okay? And this is happening right now. All over the world. Okay? Even in Israel. Okay? Where God says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they shall never keep quiet day or night. And you who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. And give him no rest until he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. He's saying, do not give no rest until the, until the second coming of Christ. Because Jerusalem will be the praise of the earth after the second coming. Amen? Okay? God brings us into the romance of the gospel. He rules our heart. He calls us Hephzibah Beulah, which, which means my delight is in you and I want to marry you. And then he says, and then he sets you as a watchman on the walls to pray night and day. Why? Because, because you're lovesick for Jesus. Your prayers, whatever you do, is for Jesus. Flowing out of intimacy. Amen? Amen? Alright, so... And Jerusalem will become the praise of the earth at the same coming in the context of 24-7 worship movement. Okay? In the context of 24-7 worship movement, alright? But it's actually a prayer movement too because you cannot separate worship and intercession. You can. You just cannot separate that. Worship and prayer is like kimchi and rice. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You cannot separate it. Seriously. If we, you know, my mom, my, when, when my mom, I, 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 really, I really talk about my mom a lot here, huh? <coughs> when my mom used to pray, I see her pray, and she would never turn up music. No pray song, she just pray. Pray warrior, right? But me, I can't pray without music. Pray meeting without a guitar, I can't stand it. Because that's not what God is doing right now. You see, you gotta be doing what the Spirit is doing, what the Spirit is saying in the hour. You gotta follow what He's doing now, not 10 years back, right now. 
and the prayer meeting without a, without, without a, 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 a guitar. I'm telling you right now, they're, they are not in the, they're, they're not following the prayer movement that God is raising up in this hour. Okay? When you run a prayer meeting, guitar is always running, never stops. It's called the Tabernacle of David. David raised up 4,000 singers and musicians. Full-time intercessors, worship leaders. He raised 4,000 to worship God 24-7. Rotation. Never stop. David spent all his finances, not just on the, on the uh, uh, army that will fight the battle, but he raised up spiritual army as well. 24-7. God is restoring David's tabernacle in this hour. Amen? And my vision is this, that, that I would raise up 24-7 houses of prayer right here in Seoul. That's my vision. I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, but, but you know, we're going to have a first prayer meeting on uh, uh, July 4th, right? July 4th, and uh, okay, see what happens, right? <laughs> okay. All right. That's my vision. Okay? So, okay? It's, 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 it's worship. It's, it's it's, it's a radical change of worship. It's, it's like, it's this, it's this spontaneous singing to God. You, you guys ever try singing spontaneously? Not just singing, these are, these are, it's, it's great, it's great. I love praise music, right? But you ever try, you know, you see, you, you see I, I don't play the guitar. So, when I get people to play the guitar, when they start strumming, I just start singing. I take the Bible and I sing the scriptures. Because I have a fl- my heart, my, I have a flowing heart. My heart is flowing. It's called the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? Flowing heart, f- flowing heart is a launch pad for prophetic gift. You have a flowing heart. If you don't have a flowing heart, you will never ever operate in in in, in, the, in the ministry of prophetic. You never operate in that. You have a flowing heart. When somebody starts playing guitar. I get wooed by the Holy Spirit. I pick up the scripture. I, pick, I, I turn on Song of Solomon. I start singing and I start crying. That's how tender God made me. <laughs> and I used to be a, you know, I used to be a cold-hearted gangster. You know that, right? <clears throat> okay. Spine, this is spontaneous singing. This is, 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 it's an interplay of romance. Okay? All right? Now, one more. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. Look, look what it says. Book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28, 31. Look what it says. I will pour out my spirit on, on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old man shall dream dreams. Young man shall see visions. And also my maidservant and my manservant, I will pour out my spirit on, the, on that day. On what day? On the last days. Talking about the end time. Because in verse 30, he goes on to say, I, after he pours out his spirit, he says, I will show you wonders in heaven and the earth. Blood and fire of pillars of smoke. And the moon into blood. Before the great awesome day of the Lord. This great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that Joel talks about is right before the end times. So whatever period experience in the book of Pentecost, that was just the beginning. It was just a little foreshadow of it. But the real outpouring is coming. It's going to come. And right now, honestly, it's, if you ask me, it's escalating right now. You know why? Because in 1900s, there were only one million charismatic Pentecostal believers. But right now, we have like 600 million of them. 
charismatic Pentecostal believers. Charismatic. Charismatic. You gotta be charismatic. Charismatic church is, 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 is the way to go. It really is. Okay? Conservative, quiet churches, they're not going to survive. They will not prevail against the gates of Hades. No way. We're living in a days where the Antichrist spirit is mounting up his head, and you're talking about praying quiet? You're talking about having a quiet time? Beloved, we're in an hour where you got to open the scripture, you got to begin to pray the scripture. It's called the meditation of the word. The word meditation means read it out loud and hear yourself read it. Meditation. Read it out loud and hear yourself read it. Meditation of the word. Read it out loud and take that Bible, turn it into a dialogue and speak it right back to God. And I guarantee you your heart will be set on fire. I guarantee you. Don't just read the Bible. You take the word, make it into your own words and speak it right back to God. You dialogue with the Lord through the scriptures. I guarantee you, your heart will be set on fire. By the way, that's tomorrow's message right there. (laughs) So, okay. Now, I just shared, let me just review. I shared about, what I shared about? Gospel being preached to every nation by 2030. Israel will become a nation 60 years ago. Bible will be translated to every language by 2040. Messianic Jews are coming to Christ more than ever. 500% increase. And a global nine-day prayer worship movement in Israel and, and all, all over the world, and outpouring of the Spirit in the brighter paradigm. These are all the signs. These are all the trends. These are called the trends that we got to look at that's happening right now. Okay, but now we also have to look at the look at the events that is to come. These are very significant events. I got about ten minutes. These are very significant events that is to come. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go real fast, right? Okay, <laughs> significant event that is to come, and we gotta we gotta watch for these things because if we if we only have thirty-four years left. This significant event is gonna is racing to the planet Earth like a like a freight train right now. It's racing. Woo, 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 woo. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, man. It's racing right now. Okay. Look at this. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse one through six. Please turn with me. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse one through six. Significant events that's going to come to pass. Significant. It's not a trend. These are events. Okay? We just look at the trends. These are events. Look at this. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. Paul says, <clears throat> Concerning the time and the season, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that, that the day of the Lord will come as thief in the night. While people are saying, Peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them, as labor pain upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Therefore, this day shall not overtake you as a thief. That's the key word. Okay? It should not, it should not take you as a thief. It shouldn't, this day should not take, take over you as a thief. It shouldn't. Alright? Because you are all sons of light. Sons of the day, which means you are not in the darkness or in the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Beloved, right here. Do you feel it? Let us not sleep as others do. Okay? Okay? Paul says, let us not sleep as others do. Okay? You guys are, you guys are watchful. You guys are awake, right? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let us not sleep as others do. 
Okay? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting all the churches down right now, okay? I'm just saying, you know? Because someone's going to rise up in the city, man. I'm telling you, man. Right? Right? Some church got to get fired in the spirit and rise up. Under any opposition attack, you got to rise up, man. I'm telling you. If you go with the flow, if you, if you swim with the current, I'm telling you, man, you're going to fall right into the Antichrist campaign in the end. You're going to swim against the current. Get fighting in your spirit. Amen? And JSM is, is that church right now. Alright? Where am I? Okay. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. He's saying, stay awake and be watchful in our prayers, okay? But I want to tell you, many have misread this verse. Oh, Christ is coming like a thief in the night. Yeah. You got to get ready. You come anytime now. Anytime. Be ready. Be ready. No. If he comes to you as a thief in the night, that means you are watching. Okay? If he comes as a thief in the night, that means you are watching. I just share with you the trends and the events right here. Watch for the events. And Paul talks about the very first one right now. He says, look at this. Many, while people are saying peace and safety, and suddenly destruction comes upon them as a, as a labor pain and a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Okay? Now, I'm going to explain this. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it talks about, this, it talks about he, the Antichrist, making a covenant for one week which refers to the last seven years before the Lord's return. In the middle of the week, which refers to the beginning, of the beginning of the last three and a half years, He will break the covenant. Okay? So at the beginning of the seven years, Antichrist will rise up, and there will be one government, one economy, and the world, right now, the world is merging to that system right now. Those of you who are in, in, into, into uh, uh, politics and economy, you, you can see it right now. It's merging into one economy, one government. It's, 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 it's starting to happen right now. Okay? It's happening right now. Alright? And, so, in the, so in, the beginning, in the beginning of the last seven years, the Antichrist will rise up and bring the world into one government, one economy. But in the first three and a half, three and a half years, he's not going to reveal himself as Antichrist. He's going to have a mask on, okay? Because he's going he's gonna to bring world peace. Peace and safety, right? World peace. He, he's going to end all the wars. He's going to end all the rules of wars. He's going to end all the terrorist attacks. He's going to bring world peace. He's going to raise up the economy. He's going to even raise up a religion called the Holy Church. Okay? First three and a half years, that's, this is what's going to happen. Alright? And then after three and a half years, he's going to take his mask off. That's why it says, suddenly, destruction will come upon them, and they shall not escape. They, they, people are going to get deceived. Okay, let me, let me go into this a little more, right? If, if I have time. Okay, so in the first three and a half years, he will bring real peace, he will fix the economy, or he, and, 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 and people will think that he's, he's, he's like the biggest hero in, in history. They're going to, they're gonna, oh, this guy is such a great man. Oh, he's such a humble man. He's such a good man. Okay? But he's an antichrist. Alright? But the prophetic church, us, the prophetic church, are going to know the Antichrist. Why? Because the Bible tells us right here. It tells us. It tells us. God reveals His end time plan to us right in front of our eyes. Why? It's the very mercy of God. Amen? 
who reveals it to us. But the fast asleep church do not see the scriptures the way the way we do. Because they're deceived. I say this I say this with all respect. You know, I say this because because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a new Philly. I would never say this at Unity, but I say this because I'm a new Philly. I say this with all respect. Seminary professors have really confused the book of Revelation. They really have. They took out all the main ingredients. They compromised it. They, 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 they water it down. Why? Book of Peter, it says that mockers will rise up and to resist the preparation of the church. Their enemy doesn't want the church to be prepared for the end times. That's the pinnacle of our faith, beloved. So they used a backsliding professors, seminary professors to twist all the Bible verses in the book of Revelation, make it all difficult and make it all hard. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know Greek, you gotta know Hebrew, you gotta know all this to, to read this book of, book of Revelation. The book is so simple to understand. When you operate in the spirit of wisdom and revelation, amen? Okay, so? Okay? And he will establish, Antichrist is going to establish a harlot church. Revelation 17, chapter 2, where it says, The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, which speaks of royalty, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup. This golden cup speaks of service to the nation. Humanitarian aid, feeding the poor, all these things, but he has absolutely no devotion, no allegiance to Jesus. He doesn't. It's nothing but self-righteous humanism, right moral perspective, human helping human. Okay? That's why, that's why he says, that's why he says, he says, her, that was, her cup was full of, full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. But this scripture tells us that this holy church will be the rich and well respected with, with elite finance leaders on, of the earth who will give their allegiance to, to, to the holy church. And she'll be the wealthiest religious network of all history, backed up by the Antichrist himself, until he takes off his mask, right? Man, 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 when this Antichrist takes off his mask, like I waited for uh, uh, President Kim to take off his mask, when this Antichrist takes off his mask, he's going to be the most demonized criminal of history. He's the, 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 the devil's son himself right there, Antichrist. This man's going to rise up and watch for this. Watch for this, okay? And but the but the but but the, the biggest lie is this. Oh man, the, the, the first Timothy says that many antichrists have come already. That's right. Keep reading it. But there's there's one to come. They say, oh, many antichrists come already, man. What antichrist, man? Many have come, dude. Oh, it's, it's, it's about this. It's a movement, man. Not a person, beloved. Beloved, you think? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A, when the Bible says he. The man of lawlessness, he, that means it's he. Okay? Let's not twist the words Bible scripture around to, to, to bring Jesus down to our level. Because if you bring Jesus down to our level and worship that Jesus, and at the end of the day, you're going to have a real awakening. You're going to say, I was never that Jesus to you. That's not who I am. Who did you worship all your life? <clears throat> so, she will have the golden cup for the first three and a half years. She will do humanitarian, humanitarian, oh, humanitarian, is that how you say it? Humanitarian aid and, 
and feed the poor, all that stuff, and she's going to bring all the religion into unity and say, you know what, everybody's right. Everybody's right. There's no one religion that is right. Not, every religion is right. Every religion is right. Every religion is right because as long as they're teaching, as long as they're doing good enough deeds, good deeds, every religion is right. So to, to demonstrate this, she feeds the poor, she, she helps the poor, she, she does all these things, right? Right? And then, many are going to be deceived by this. And I'm telling you, the church that you see today, even you see today, the church that you see today, you know, you know like all these NGOs? Non-profit organization? I'm telling you right now. <laughs> they help the poor. But 85% of the NGOs have no allegiance to Jesus. They're going to fall right into the Holy Church. They're going to say, yeah, this is what I was waiting for. This kind of movement. Let me step right in there and just go to hell with you. That's how it is. Okay? And not only then, the churches today that you see, these churches, these, these compromising, quiet, non, no Holy Spirit filled, they don't know what prayer is, that kind of church, are going to fall right into the holy tree. They're going to get deceived by the Antichrist. They're going to fall right into, this, into the system. And as they're falling away, First Thessalonians talks, uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the hour of the, hour of the Christ will not come until the great falling away come. Of the, the, see, I'm trying to talk about this. I'm running out of time. <laughs> the hour... Hey, bro, can, can I get a little more time? Is, is that cool? Okay, five minutes. Right, cool, right. <laughs> okay. He says, the hour is not... The, the day of the Lord is not coming until the great falling away comes first. And, and, the, and the first three and a half years, many are going to fall. But, but get deceived by the Antichrist and the Holy Church. Many are going to fall. And, and the prophetic church is going to look at this and go like, prophetic church will look at this and say to, to, the, holy, to the Holy Church, to the ones that are falling away, dude, can't you see who you're dealing with? That's the Antichrist, man. Wait about a couple of years, he's going to take his mask off. And they're going to be like, people that are falling away, they're going to be like, you know, you guys are always sticking out like a sore thumb everywhere, every, every year, every generation. What's wrong? Why can't you guys just be happy? And get out of the program. Can't you see what this man's done to do his holy religion? He's done many great things. Why are, you, why are you talking bad about him? Look at the scripture. Oh, what scriptures? How do you read the scripture that way? Deception. Deception. They're going to fall right into the holy tree. That's why the, the book of Revelation, the book of Isaiah and Daniel, all these, Jeremiah, all these end time books, it's crucial that we study these books. But do not study it the way the seminary is teaching. No offense. Seminary professors don't take their doctrine. Okay? Because the enemy is going to do everything in his power for the church to not think about end times. Just think about today. What's happening in your church right now, man? What's happening? Okay, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many ministers you got? How many, how many, how many, how many members you got? Okay, who's coming to prayer meeting? Okay, when God is doing something way beyond, something bigger. Prayer meeting, ministry, all this, is going to be connected to what? To His desire. And the deepest desire of His heart right now is the second coming of Jesus. Amen? Okay, so... Okay, okay, five minutes, bro. I got all right. Okay, all right. Okay. Okay, so 
So, okay. And then right at the last, right at the last of first three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to burn the Holy Church. He uses her to build his infrastructure of his army and system for three and a half years. And then when he, when he builds it, he burns her. That's why, that's why, in um, Revelation 17, 17, 16, Revelation 17, 16, the beast will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Which means that everybody in the harlot religion, when the Antichrist takes up take his mask, bye-bye harlot religion, it's the Antichrist religion. Harlot people come right under the Antichrist religion because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna demand that to, to be worshipped. He's, he's gonna claim himself to be God. Okay, Second Thessalonians chapter two verse four it says, Second Thessalonians chapter two verse four it says he will exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In in Revelation thirteen seven eight it says it was granted. Revelation thirteen seven eight it says it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. You know what this means? Martyrs. Martyrs. Okay? But just hold on now. Alright? Overcome them. And the authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all who dwell on the face of the earth will worship him. The Antichrist. He's going to say, I am the, I am God. You don't worship me. I chase you, then I kill you. What's your mark of the beast? You don't have it. You can't buy. You can't sell. You're an outcast. Basically, you're gonna starve to death. What do you want? You're gonna worship me and then live. Keep your house. Keep your car. Keep your credit card. Or you're gonna you're gonna not worship me and, and be outcast and get killed by my by my, by my, by my army. What are you gonna do? What's, what's, what's your choice? And I believe that in this hour there will be some more falling away. That's what, that's what, that's what I believe. Some people say that the great falling away comes at three and a half years. That's true. The first three and a half years, but at the last three and a half years, they'll, they'll also be falling away. Who are Christians that were content when the persecution was, was so, so, so much, uh, so intense. But when the Antichrist takes off his mask, it's just like you, you know, us Koreans, right? We, we do, we do cheza. You know, you know, we have the cheza thing in our, in our, in our house. Like, those who are like, you know, like those who are not Christians, we worship the ancestor. You know that once a year thing? So these Christians, right? They say, oh, you know what, it's okay, it's just, it's just a cultural thing, you know, God understands. God says, you know, obey your parents and be, be peaceful with your, with, your, with your family, so, you know, I think, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll bow down to this, uh, to this demon. <laughs> God, God understands. That kind of spirit is going to be operating in that hour. Oh, God understands. Lord, you know me. I got kids, I got family, I got, I got a car, credit card, my job. You know, I don't want to get killed. Come on, Lord. You know, you know I love you. Antichrist, I worship you. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. That's what's going to happen. You know what? Last week, what I brought up, I preached. When the opposition, when, a, when God released the glorious, the glorious glory, then the opposition becomes greater. Right? Right? Check this out. I, man, I, Lord, I served you. I, I was faithful to you all the days of my life. And right at the last three and a half years, just because, just because I bowed to the Antichrist, I'm going to lose my salvation? That's not fair. No, God is fair. God is fair. I'm telling you right now. 
You could be born in any generation, but God chose you to be born in this generation. The most glorious hour of history. Therefore, you have to, the opposition is going to be greater. There's, there's, there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. Because you were born in this generation, it doesn't matter if you're good all the way to the Antichrist campaign and you bow to the Antichrist, you will, go to, you will lose your salvation. Why? Because you were born in this generation. That's going to, that's going to usher in the coming of Jesus. So he expects great things from you. There's a certain response that he requires from us. And it's not bound down to the beast. Amen? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Okay. Alright. So, oh, Chris, hey, pass, pass, I'm, 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 I'm really done now. I'm really done now. I'm really done now. Okay, so, take it out. Take it out. So Paul says, First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 6, Paul says, Do not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. He says, Watch! 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 Okay, watch. Look at this. Okay, the place of watching in the, in in the Bible is, is is a place of revelation. It's a place of illumination, a place of understanding, place of sobriety in our spirits. You understand this? Okay, understanding time that we're living in. All right, go to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 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 one, verse seventeen. I know you know this verse because because I, I always say this verse when I come here. The most important prayer we can pray you can pray in this hour. Ephesians one chapter seventeen. This is it. I pray this every day. Every day I pray this. Paul says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Paul says, I keep asking the Father of glory. Beloved, look, check this out. When you say, when Paul says Father of glory, look at, look at me. Paul, in his mind, approaching Revelation chapter 4. The throne room of God. God who shines like Jasper. God who burns like Sardius. Emerald rainbow surrounding the throne. God who shines like Jasper. That's who he is. He's a light. He's an unapproachable light. Unapproachable light. That's who he is. But he shines his light in our darkness. And darkness flees. Because the light brings in the revelation knowledge of who God is. And we begin to feel what he feels. Because he is a God who burns like Sardius. That's how he feels. He's a burning God. He's a burning God. And he burns with desire over you. And right now, he's burning or desire to come for you right now. Not come to you, but come for you. Okay? And the emerald rainbow speaks of the, the mercy of God. It is the mercy of God that reveals the end time plan. So that we will not be overtaken by that day. Amen? So, Paul says, I pray that the Father of glory will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him so that the understanding of your eyes might be enlightened. Eyes, 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 enlightened, eyes open, eyes open, eyes open, eyes open, which is opposite of sleeping. Book of Psalms, Book of Psalms, uh, David says, Book of Psalms 13.3, David says, Enlighten my eyes, unless I sleep the sleep of death. David was, this was David's cry in, in his battlefield. He was asking God, don't let me sleep, because if I sleep, my, the enemy will overtake me. So let me, so enlighten my eyes, let me stay awake. And likewise, we were at a spiritual warfare. Amen? And, and, and we must stay awake and be watchful in our prayers, so we understand the time we're living in, alright? 
Amen? To prepare the church and prepare ourselves for the end times events. Amen? Okay, I, I, really feel, I feel like I just went by so quickly. So like, I'm, I stutter and I'm, like, I'm like spitting on the mic and everything, but you know what? Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Can I have some music up here? Please. end time generation amen it really is this is the end time generation you are an end time army you're not a first time army you're an end time army amen so what does that mean beloved what does that mean that means we got to study the end time events amen and be watchful right okay so right now this is, we're gonna, this is how we're going to pray Lord I want to burn with your burnings my burnings I want to burn with your burnings that's it right there okay ready let's cry out church Cheek.